welcome to Ministry in Motion, where we explore best practices for your ministry in the 21st century. Whether you're a pastor or a lay leader in your local church, God wants you to be a great Christian leader. And our topic today, vitally important, ministering to children, involving them in worship. Our guest, Chantal Klingbeil. Chantal, it's great to have you as our guest today. Thank you for having me. And um, tell me what you do. You, you're really involved in helping children and young people to have a living connection with God. That's the big objective, and that's what gets me motivated and excited. Yes, I'm an associate director at the Ellen G. White Estate, so I deal specifically my area with children and youth and really trying to pass on the legacy, the history, and inspire another generation to really pick up pick up the torch and, and move forward. So experiencing uh, God in their lives, understanding how God's led in our church and wants to lead in their lives today. Absolutely. Now, as we think about involving children in worship, you know, the thing that comes up to me, this little mm-hmm. saying when I was growing up was that children should be seen and not heard. Does that get in the way in some people's minds of saying, why are you bringing, involving children in worship? I think that is a stumbling block for a lot of people because often with children comes noise and and it's hard to predict what will happen. When I I do a children's story or when I talk to children's storytellers, I say, be very wary of any rhetorical questions because the children (laughs) will will answer. answer. (laughs) So yes, it could be a, a stumbling block, but it's of vital importance because there's no... Uh, jump between children's church and adult church. Right. Or perhaps there is a big jump, should I say, and that's the moment where we lose our children. Uh, children, if they don't grow up and progressively become involved in all aspects of church life, not just the church, the church service, right. we can't expect them to make a jump at some point at 14, 15, 16, 17, 18 to suddenly function totally engaged. In, an adult, in an adult environment. Right. Now, you alluded to something else that seems quite common, mm-hmm. at least in some settings, and that is, well, no, we don't want to just set children aside mm-hmm. and be quiet, but we'll have a separate program for them. So they won't come in and worship with the community, but they'll be off in a little children's program. Mm-hmm. Uh, is that a good idea? I suppose sometimes, but again, they're, they're kind of set aside in a homogenous group. I'm sure having a special time for children is important where they can be free to be children, to ask questions, to to explore. But part of worship is about being together, being together as a family, uh, being together as a bigger church family. And we can't be a family if we're always separate and we're always doing our own thing. And that process of give and take for adults and for children and for youth is part of what develops our Christian characters, all of us, together. So I attend a small church, and once a month they have what they call children's church. Mm -hmm. And that's a special uh, program uh, in a separate location for the children. But the other three weeks of the month, they're they're together. It's Mm -hmm. interesting, someone came up to me this weekend and said, I'm looking for a church that involves the children in worship uh, because she's part of a large church where... They always go off to a separate place. Mm-hmm. So, so let's talk mm-hmm. with your experience. Um, you have children of your own. 
Yes. You're a parent. You want your children mm -hmm. to come to know Jesus and be engaged mm -hmm. in worship. Mm -hmm. How did you set about involving them uh, actively, even a, at a young age? Well, you, can, you can't begin too young. I figured, and in some of the places where we've worshipped, we, there haven't, hasn't been a separate facility for mothers with, with babies. And it's very <coughs> nice to have a mother's room. But as soon as possible, I feel it's time to, to sit in church, maybe even at the back. Uh, babies cries, it shows that the church is alive and well. Uh, that <coughs> this interfering with the church service, I think we, we all need to become a little bit more tolerant. Uh, there'll be moments, you know, we won't let our children scream and cry for lengthy periods. But if there's a squawk or a cry, it doesn't matter. But beginning to be a part of the service, having the children sing with as soon as they can, picking them up to stand on the, on the pew next to us, singing in their ear, helping them sing, having a special activity bag for that time, engaging the children in this way. There's a lot you can do as a parent. But I think as a preacher or as a minister, there's a lot more a person could do to engage children of all ages. Now, uh, after the break, we'll, we'll talk more specifically about why it's important. But it sounds like uh, that education of involving the children in uh, meaningful worship needs to start before they come to church, um, that it's actually happening in the home. You can't expect a child to know how to behave and, and to not charge around screaming and shouting in church if they haven't learned how to sit still for a small moment of time, uh, how to become engaged when things aren't moving all the time as quickly. And I think that, that comes back to home and the importance of using the time, the family worship time, as a sort of a mini preparation for worship service and actively engaging the child, teaching the child what it means to worship God and approach God in a family setting. So did you grow up in a family like that, or did you have to make that up as you went along with your three daughters? Well, I was very privileged to grow up in, in a great Christian home. And some of my earliest memories, positive memories, were family worship time. Even into our teen years, uh, especially Friday night worship was something that we looked forward to. It was a time where we got to talk and share a lot. Uh, we used to always begin it with a grape juice. Everyone had a grape juice. Uh, but speaking back to my earliest memories, I remember my father once on the living room sofa uh, talking about uh, Jonah and the terrible storm that they were in. And he was actually shaking that sofa backwards and forwards with us on it, shrieking in the terror of the storm. So these are really positive mm. worship experience memories that I have. And you bring those to your ministry now. After the break, we want to talk about uh, why it's important, uh, not only for the children, but also for the church family to involve children in worship. Our topic Important whether you're a pastor or a church leader, you say even if you're a parent, it's an important topic involving children in worship. We'll be right back with more Ministry in Motion. Welcome back to Ministry in Motion. Our topic today, involving children in worship, our guest is Chantal Klingbeil. And Chantal, before the break, we talked about uh, 
we can't wait until they get older. We need to involve them early on. But I want to take you, you're, you're a Bible scholar. Is this just a good idea or do you see it rooted in the teaching of Scripture that children need to be actively involved in worship? Well, if we just a quick search on any any program, a concordance program, and you'll find there's a lot of mention of children. It seems to be an objective in, a re, in our religious experience to pass this on to our children. That seems to be the big deal about having children, it, passing on all this knowledge about God, this love for God, this passion for God to our children. And this isn't just an exclusive one time a week experience. This is this is what parenting's all about. This is what our the center of our lives really are and involve. In the Old Testament, it was all about family. Just take the Passover. I mean, such a momentous event, such a momentous occasion, and it was hands on about children. It was the angel of death that passed over saving the firstborn child, mm -hmm. and the children had an important part. In that ritual afterwards, it was a child who would ask the question and that particular service would be focused on the children, telling the children the story of how they were saved. So every year when the Jews celebrated Passover, the children were not put off in a separate oh, room no. somewhere or even told to sit and be quiet, but they were actively involved in that worship time. Yes, it was theirs. It was theirs. They mm. owned it. Although the sanctuary service was exclusively the realm of the priests and they were part they were part of the observers they were actively involved in observing and over and over we told again in old testament times to repeat to your children tell your children this mm -hmm. explain to them this mm -hmm. so that the children were part and parcel they weren't separate it was corporate worship that was so important do you see any other examples uh, in the scriptures which, which says children shouldn't be sidelined but but actively involved well our first in the new testament as the church becomes more multicultural international we have home churches mm -hmm. we don't have official church meeting places yet and children are a part of that worship service. They're part of the family. You have households being baptized, mm -hmm. including everyone in the family. So children are part and a parcel of, of this environment. They're not separate. This family model is so important to Scripture. So, so we've got a s solid biblical foundation, I think, not connected to worship, but in general, I think of Jesus when he blessed the children mm -hmm. in Mark 10, I think 13 to 16, he said, let them come. Yes. That would relate to worship to them, wouldn't Absolutely. it? Absolutely. Let them come and, and don't hinder them. So um, for their blessing, for the church's blessing, wh what do you think? Wh why is scripture so strong about involving the children? The children need us and we need the children. <laughs> it's it's a corporate act. It's a corporate identity. And we need to learn from each other. Jesus says, unless we become as little children, mm. we will not be entering the kingdom of God. We need to learn from our children, and our children need to learn from us. So let's unpack those two aspects. Mm -hmm. First, that, that they need to learn from us, and then we'll look at that we need to learn from them, because mm -hmm. they'll be our teacher too. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about what do they need to learn from us in the context of worship? They need to learn from us as parents. We are the first stand-ins for God. Mm. We provide 
nourishment, very literally, we provide life. Mm -hmm. uh, we provide nourishment, we provide direction, we provide protection for our children, and we introduce them to a subconscious that will later on become a conscious idea of who God is. So when a parent comes or an adult that doesn't have children but children in their circle mm -hmm. of influence or a pastor mm -hmm. or a leader, the children come to the worship then, they're looking at us, mm -hmm. right? They're looking at, at whether this is a cold mm -hmm. formality mm -hmm. or whether there's some, something life-changing going on. Absolutely. Is this believable? Is this a fairy tale or is this for real? Because I can't see God. Mm -hmm. I can't see Jesus. Uh, I don't see the working of the Holy Spirit, but if I can see this in adults around me, if I can hear how it works in their lives and I can see it happening in their lives, then I can believe and I can take it into my life. I heard a story recently about um, a family, actually uh, three generations of a family that went to a Christian concert and they were worshiping, listening to some beautiful Christian music. And then... Uh, the grandma turned and saw her little, I think five years old, a little granddaughter, and she has her hands raised to heaven and she's just <laughs> singing and praising God. You know, she looked around and, and people were, they were responding with their mm -hmm. hearts. Mm -hmm. and, and she learned from that, that that's okay. Mm -hmm. So there's that learning by observation. What, what, what do we need to learn from the children? Mm -hmm. uh, because we would also lose, wouldn't we, if we just separate them? Absolutely. What, what, what do we learn? Well, the first thing we learn, and maybe it's not the most pleasant thing to learn all the time, and that's tolerance and patience. <laughs> patience. <laughs> and, and ready to go over the same ground again and again. Mm -hmm. And what I love working, when I work with children, what I always find so refreshing is the new insights I get from speaking mm -hmm. to children. Yeah, their transparency um, and their honesty. Absolutely. And it makes me think as well, you can't just say, uh, well, uh, trusting God for your salvation. And the child will say, what salvation? Mm. And you've got to think about it. Yes, how, what is salvation? What is trust? What are these, these big terms that we hide behind or that we fling around? And when we really talk it and, and simplify it, to a level a child can understand, it brings new life and light to my own life. I'm like, mm. wow. <laughs> yes, I'm thinking of a, of a time my, my wife took her brother and his granddaughter mm -hmm. to, a, to an Easter, um, mm -hmm. I guess you would call it like a, a pageant or a journey showing yes. dramatically what happened. And as, as the little girl was there, she said, don't hurt Jesus. Mm -hmm. Don't. And then mm. she turned to her grandparent and said, is this all in the Bible? Mm. You know, and, mm. and in her heart, she yes, was saying, yes. Jesus is kind. Yes. Uh, we, learn, we learn from the simple faith of children. Absolutely. And we become, we become callous and hard to the facts of salvation. Mm. Just like you, you so often when you tell right. the story of Jesus and you tell the story of Jesus loving us so much that he died for us, and you will have mm. children crying because it's still fresh. Touching their hearts. Someone hurt for me. Someone well, loves me after the me break, enough. I want to talk about practical ways we can engage the children. Involving them in worship. We'll be right back with more Ministry in Motion.
Welcome back to Ministry in Motion. Our topic today involving children in worship. Our guest, Chantal Klingbeil. Chantal, I'm blessed and I'm, I'm motivated now. The scriptures are clear that we worship as families. We're multi-generational in our worship. We learn from the children. They learn from us. Let's talk in this last segment about practical ways. There's maybe a pastor or a lay leader watching and says, what are some ways we can do this? Well, the first way, and I'm guilty myself because I'm terrible with names, but the first way we involve our children is by learning their names. No matter who we are, it's a good idea to greet our children by name. There's nothing like making you feel a part of something than being greeted by Just name. coming to the worship experience and being welcomed by name is meaningful. It's very meaningful. That's meaningful for adults too, right? <laughs> All of us enjoy that. But we don't discount the children Absolutely. there. Absolutely. Okay, what, what else can we do? Well, as a, as a preacher, there's so much we can do. Um, when we, we, we can't expect the children to switch off during the worship hour and, and figure the sermon is something for the adults. And then hopefully by the time they're 15 or 16, they're going to re-engage and start listening to the mm -hmm. sermon. Uh, we need to work on building relationships with our children. A great way is to tell a children's story. There's often in many churches, there is a children's story segment. And that's often relegated to people who can tell good children's stories. It doesn't have to be good. You just have to be down there kneeling on the floor with the children that they know you're interested in them. So that's a great way. And, and I've found in my own experience that, that not necessarily delegating that to someone, though you could, but actually as a pastor or a church leader, being down there with Absolutely. the children. That's important. I mean, we, it can't happen all the time. We can understand that. But that a, a preacher makes the effort every now and again to get down there and, and talk to the children. Yeah. You could use that as a little add-on by telling the story and not telling the end. Revisiting that sometime in the sermon. That will keep the adults and the children on the edge of their mm -hmm. seats to know what happened at the end. So there could be a little bit of an advertisement for, for the actual sermon. What about well. actually involving them in um, leadership? Can I say leadership? In some little, what are some aspects that you've seen that you say that that's creative, that's good, mm -hmm. uh, that we can actually involve them? Mm -hmm. Probably different uh, churches have different levels of formality, Absolutely. but well, I've heard children give beautiful scripture readings as soon as they can read. Parents help them at home recite, practice, it, practice right? so that they can <laughs> do it flawlessly up there. But doing Bible readings, making announcements, doing special music. Uh, at my church, I always enjoy seeing our, our deacons come forward to, to take up the offering because we always have some teen. We have some seasoned deacons, and we always have one or two teen deacons. Kind of up like there a junior. Well. Or... Junior. As soon as children are old enough to get baptized, the very next step should be mentoring and beginning involvement in all aspects of church life. Mm -hmm. Deacons, deaconesses, even learning how to do visitations with an elder, visiting other children and other teens, mm. and learning how to minister, and learning all the, the intricate workings. After all, it's their church, and tomorrow they will have the leadership. We might as well make the transition smooth, let right. them own it. Right. I, I, I have in our little church where I attend, we have a Christian school. They take up an offering, but it's not the deacons. It's the little ones that walk around. I think they actually collect more money. Uh, but <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> they walk around. But also at the front, 
Um, they have little baskets, and children also hold the basket. Mm -hmm. They have a little school model which they can put there. Mm -hmm. uh, that seems to be a very sacred part. It's, mm -hmm. it's very lively, and the children are mm -hmm. excited, and they say thank you when mm -hmm. you give them a dollar bill. But mm -hmm. they're very engaged in that aspect Absolutely. of the service. I've seen other very hands-on things. I've seen in some churches where paper and, and a crayon set are given out at the back and the pastor before beginning his sermon will actually ask the children to please illustrate a Bible passage or a Bible story. And there will be, before the next sermon, there are little awards, bookmarks or some sort of prize given to all children that participated. Mm. The pictures are put up at the back. There's actually some folks that have actually been brought to church, grandparents, etc., to see the works of art mm. of these particular children out there. Mm. Other times, children are asked to listen for a particular phrase and note how many times mm -hmm. and see if they can get the score throughout the sermon. And you have all children sitting, ears pricked up, taking down, counting mm -hmm. the, the amounts. Is there a, a personal experience that you've had? I'm sure you've worked with a lot of children, including your own, where God has really touched your heart, either as, as the ch child has learned from you or you've learned from the child, an experience where you've, you've, you've been touched as you've seen mm -hmm. children involved in worship? Well, I'm trying to define one. It's, it, those have been worship services of my oldest, maybe three or four, sitting on my lap during a church service and someone was telling the story or preaching about Jesus and about Jesus dying for us and um, about us giving our lives to Jesus. And she turned to me and she said, how do I do that? And right there in church, I, I held her and we, we prayed together wow. and she gave her heart to Jesus in that service. Um, all these significant moments, I think, of, of communion service. It's a sacred moment right there, isn't it? Where my youngest came and she wanted to observe and see what, what we were doing down there. And she came and she stood right next to me and she asked why. And I explained that this is what Jesus did to his disciples' feet. Mm. And just that awe, Jesus did that? And I said, yes, and the disciples' feet were really dirty. Mm. And it was this wow moment that was so meaningful for me mm. and for her. She became your teacher as she responded with amazement to something that you, that you could get quite used to. Absolutely. Chantal, I want to thank you for sharing some powerful insights with us about uh, involving children in worship. Uh, I think you've challenged pastors and, and lay leaders. And mm -hmm. I just want to speak to you because you have children in your circle of influence, maybe even in your own family. And you've been touched by the insights that Chantal has shared today. You, you, you recognize that we don't want to wait until someday to involve the children. Today is the day. We will learn together, we will tell the sacred story, and we will experience the intimacy with God that He desires for each one of us. So I challenge you, whatever your sphere of influence, involve children in worship and see how God will bless. We're glad you joined us for Ministry in Motion today. God wants you to be a great Christian leader, not just to the adults, but to the children too. May God bless you in your ministry for Him. Mm -hmm. 